This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, August 5th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. We are here for another Friday morning live broadcast, uh, live here on Rotographs, doing this show, you know, with our, our webcam setup, our video, and our live chat. So if you follow along, make sure to uh, chat with us. And then we're going to look at these millions of uh, options here on another big full uh, Friday slate. Brad, did you have any uh, immediate takeaways from how this uh, Friday looks? Uh, on the pitching side, it's usually where I start just because I want to get a sense of who I think can have a big outing and then who looks most exploitable. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of a weird group. The Aces have their warts, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And then there's your usual group of just complete trash pitchers. And there's a lot of mid-tier guys who all have the potential to you know, be the top pitcher of the day. That's always... A little confusing when you got a 15 game slate mm. and you got all these guys who might be good, might be bad. It's just, you know, that they have a wide range of outcomes. Uh, I, I feel like in these types of days, your winning lineup's going to end up being like just someone who stacks against Scott Casimir and gets lucky. Yeah. And so it's, like I said, it's a little bit confusing knowing what to do with it. Do you go with the percentage plays like going against Tim Linscom or do you, you know, try to get cute with it and go after someone like a, uh, De Sclafani or uh, a uh, Stephen Wright, even is another mm-hmm. guy who's available. Can it's, sometimes have a bad outing. It's hard to guess. There's a lot of places to go, but we will uh, definitely get into them. Um, we're also running. You are running another daily grind invitational contest. That's right. Um, that is, you know, on Twitter you can follow Brad at Baseball A Team, and it's also here on the post at uh, at Rotographs. There's a link there. Um, Brad, how have those been going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I've Personally, I had a, a good day the other day, and uh, yeah, I always like to get a win and be able to put my own name up top of the uh, sure. leaderboard. Sure. Uh, but yeah, my, my users, uh, the the core group, they've been beating me by a small amount for the most part. Uh, there's like probably about ten to twelve people who get into just about every one of the invitationals, and then you know the, the remaining eight slots are usually filled out with others. That's great. And uh, yeah, we welcome everyone. It's uh, fun time we have some uh nice conversations on twitter and in the uh comments too yeah about uh what's been done for friday for today that's on a fan duel so if you want to play with brad and other rotographs regulars and actually you know uh what i like about it is you get back the community part of fantasy baseball yeah. which is one of the only things that i feel is missing from dfs um and get to play with regulars again you can join up there and uh, the other fun part is you get to use Brad's own advice against him after the show. So yeah, I, it, it, that part's challenging. I yeah. I find that my advice, like obviously people who join the invitational also read my column usually, and I mm-hmm. find that they have implemented my advice. So yeah. I have to like go against my instincts a lot. Yeah, uh, lineups that aren't really something I would do in a like the Fanduel squeeze, for example. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check out the Daily Grind Invitational. Uh, yeah, there's a link there um, yeah, on Twitter and in the post. Um, and then, uh, Brad, this week was trade deadline. Did that hit you at all in weird ways? Does it mess with your oh, DFS yeah. game? Or... Lots of weird ways. Uh, yeah. it's, it wasn't such a big deal for DFS. There was like a, I feel like it was like a nine-game slate that day. Mm-hmm. And the, the big takeaway is I had... Br- 
Brandon Geyer and Steve Pierce stolen from my lineups, yeah. which, I mean, I had time to adjust for it. I knew it was going to happen, but it's still, still sad. They had a nice lefty matchup that day. I forget who it was, but it was someone you could exploit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into this big, big, fat sure. uh, Friday slate. There's plenty going on. It's a full 15 games. They're all evening games. Uh, it's It's about the biggest DFS group you can get. Uh, Brad, we start at catcher. Where do you think you want to go at catcher for Friday? Yeah, so two names kind of jump off the page to me, and they're they're not really the the biggest names at the position. Uh, Evan Gaddis is one of them. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I mean, I guess a lot of people look at him as a big name for a catcher. Uh, obviously, the pl- you're looking for home runs or bust basically out of him. He's up against Martin Perez, who. Not, not a very good lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes gets through his outings, sometimes uh, a little bumpy. Uh, tends to allow home run per start on gen- in general. Uh, so maybe Gaddis is the guy who sends it deep. Uh, maybe he can be involved in run production another way. Uh, in any case, he's looking at one of the better plays. And he's cheap on FanDuel, not so much on DraftKings. Uh, he's 4500 on DraftKings, and let me find him on FanDuel. 3000 there. Yeah. No, I had him written down as well. I like that, especially getting a lefty. You know, is, is a good situation for him. If you're talking about uh, him allowing homers, I think that's a good situation for, for him to be into. And it certainly has the power to run into one. The other guy I really like a lot tonight, and the, the sights are in on it. It's a, it's a Coors game, JT Real Muto, mm-hmm. up against Jorge De La Rosa. Uh, a, a very different play than Gaddis. Not really a power threat, but can you know, string together multiple hits in a game. Sometimes bats up in the lineup does have power it's not like it doesn't exist just not as much as gaddis and then uh we'll steal bases too mm-hmm. uh, so there, there's a lot of ways for him to provide value unfortunately he's expensive on both sites uh, as i mentioned they're you know wise to going after players in colorado mm-hmm. uh, still if you have the money for it if you're using a, a cheaper pitcher today uh i'd look to real muto if i can yeah and I, if like, you, I like that yeah, and then if you need someone really cheap, FanDuel, $2,000, you can get Gary Sanchez. And he's not the best catcher out there. He projects to be like a 90 WRC-plus hitter right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably grow into more, but that's where he is at this stage of his career. And games in New York, a good place for power in general. Josh Tomlin's homer-prone, and Sanchez does have homer power, so you could get a cheap home run out of him. And mm-hmm. again, that's 2000 on FanDuel. Uh, Especially in Yankee Stadium. He yeah. But he's also very cheap on DraftKings, 2400 there. Yeah. So either site, go ahead and use him. Yeah, I like that. Um, I wrote down Josh Tomlin later. We'll talk about it when we get to pitchers. He's allowed home runs in nine straight games. He's allowed 25 on the year in 19 starts. Like, we keep saying he's homer prone. I want to go check if that was still true. Yeah, that's still true. Yeah, that's still his thing. He's also still good, though. So he still has a 3-4-3 ERA. doesn't walk anybody, so... Uh, he doesn't allow base runners. It's all it's a lot of fly balls, and you know sometimes I leave the park. Yeah, basically, it, it, usually at least once a game. So it could be Sanchez. Uh, I think if you're going for a cheap punt there, there's no reason not to take a guy that might be the one that puts it over the fence. So yeah, I'm into that. I like Gary Sanchez. Um, I wrote down also uh, Cameron Rupp gets Christian Friedrich. Uh, I like Cameron Rupp getting lefties. It's in San Diego. So I'm not pumped about it. I wish it were in Philly, but him getting a lefty, and I don't, I don't think Christian Friedrich's that good. I, I think that's totally fine for Cameron Rupp. There are a couple of Phillies I like against lefties, but he's becoming a, a totally fine option there. 
Um, I also wrote down, I mean, Buster Posey gets Gio Gonzalez. If you want to pay for it, you can. I'm not thrilled about it, but him getting a lefty is always interesting. Him most days is interesting. There's, there's not really a lot to go on there. Um, I'm not usually one to spend a lot of catcher. I mean, it's, it's such a tough position, but I don't think you'd be nuts if you wanted to do that. Um, and my last one is, uh, Matt Wieters is going to the cell and getting Miguel Gonzalez. Are you interested in that at all when he gets a righty? Miguel Gonzalez has not been as bad as you would think, but him and the White Sox bullpen are still one to pick against, right? Yeah, I, I have no qualms against that. Uh, it's definitely one that has solid potential and shouldn't be terribly popular. Mm-hmm. And it's great hitters park, uh, so you could see one fly out from Wieters. Yeah. Miguel Gonzalez has a 406 ERA. I think if you told White Sox fans that he was going to make, he's made 16 starts for him so far, and his ERA is right around four. Like, okay, like that could be worse, you know, for what we figured to be a a fifth starter. (laughs) Um, But I think Wieters is fine in that matchup. Okay, on to first base. As usual, plenty of options, but uh, who are your favorites at at first base? Yeah, so favorites. Uh... I wasn't too thrilled with the big names today. Uh, mm-hmm. Will Myers stood out as someone I like up against Jeremy Hellickson. There's just several ways he can provide value. He can send one deep, multiple hits, steal bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a stack against the Phillies in general makes some sense. The Padres do have more uh, weapons against righties these days. Mm-hmm. And Myers prefers lefties, I believe, but uh, I don't think the split's very big. Uh, so, again, a guy you can use... Um, especially if you're thinking about going with guys like uh, Ryan Schimpf and uh, Alex Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Uh, other first basemen that I like, uh, you know, there, there's always you know, some of the top options. Uh, Enwin Encarnacion, a uh, great run production guy, yeah. good power up against Dylan G. He just reached like 30 homers for the fifth year in a row or something. Some yep. headline I saw. Yeah, he's he's doing just fine. He gets Dylan G. It's in Kansas City. It's a Kansas City bullpen, but uh, I, I still like that, at least that starter matchup for him. Right, and they're one way Davis shy of their their previous yeah. arrangement. So they're, they're, they're a little less intimidating. He got Kelvin Herrera in the ninth inning, and then before that, it was never terribly scary. It's just he had good, not great pitchers to mm-hmm. deal with. Uh, so that's still the case. Some other options... Uh, can try Anthony Rizzo up against Dylan Overton, uh, lefty on lefty. Uh, one of those days when people will walk away from Rizzo and maybe they shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> give him a look. And then uh, you know, I, I, I like Tommy Joseph up against lefties. And uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned there's a few in that Phillies lineup. Uh, Joseph's one of them. Uh, he's, he has platoon splits. They're mostly kind of noise, I'll say. Uh, a lot of uh, BAPIP-related split there. Uh, if you look at the plate discipline, he does strike out less against lefties, and that's really the only difference between his lefty and righty numbers. Do you trust uh, him still, against righties, though? Yeah, I, I trust him enough. And you got a lefty on the bump today. Uh, the only downside, again, is uh, Petco Park, tough on right-handed power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you like, uh, how about Chris Carter getting Braden Shipley? Are you in on Braden Shipley? Are you ready to pick on him? Or do you, what are you taking away from that? Yeah, I'd go after a Milwaukee stack today. It's uh, one that you know, has as much potential as a lot of these other scrubby-type pitchers, and I, I feel like it'll probably be overlooked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The only other, I mean, I had a few other names. Hanley Ramirez gets Scott Casmer. i got to make sure he's healthy and in the game, uh, you know, especially in, in El Park. But if Hanley Ramirez gets in, gets the lefty in Casmer, I think that's totally fine. Um, Carlos and 
Santana gets Michael Pineda. Are you ready to, you know, do some Indians in, at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and do Indians. Uh, Pineda's always a challenging guy to think about using or targeting just because he's, mm-hmm. he's got the strikeouts. He's got the stuff to have great outings. Um, tends to just flop at some point every time out. Yeah. So his ERA is, is over five on the year, you know. Yeah, you, you could you can get a, a wide range of possible outcomes out of that Indians game there. Pineda has 143 strikeouts in 119 innings. Like, that's awesome. But here's his earned runs allowed in his last starts. 5-1-0-5-5-1-1. You're just like, all right, it's either going to be awesome or pretty rough. Uh, you know, the control numbers numbers look great. 20 homers allowed in 21 starts, though. Yeah, Pineda's a, a frustrating guy. So I think Santana could run into one there. Um, the last first baseman I wrote down, he's been playing the outfield more, but would you think about Brandon Moss, who just came back, and he's at home against Joel De La Cruz of the Braves and the Braves bullpen. Uh, do you like Brandon Moss at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely like a Cardinal stack today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting Matt Carpenter back, too. Uh, should be exciting times for them to have you know, some of their guys healthy, finally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it's got to pick off. Uh, I believe in Brandon Moss. I believe in him more than Matt Adams right now. You know, it might be in the outfield, but I think that's totally fine. Um, especially against Joel De La Cruz, which I imagine you don't have much faith in. No, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't have too much of a read on him. Uh, the numbers don't look very impressive, and that's about all I know about him. Yeah. Okay. Were there any other first basemen for you? Could consider giving Pedro Alvarez a shot at uh, U.S. Cellular Field. That's mm-hmm. uh, Miguel Gonzalez again. And uh, Alvarez has been hitting fine since about the middle of the year, uh, showing power. Uh, it's a 1B on DraftKings. I think FanDuel might have him as third baseman. Let me yeah, check. but, but doing his thing, striking out a lot, not a high average, but has the power, especially the price, to, to run into him. And, yeah, I can't believe how bad that White Sox bullpen has been. I mean, I guess I can believe yeah, it. Yeah, they, they've, they've struggled quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, other guy you could try to think of as a punt, uh, Adam Lind. I'd use them only as a Mariner stack. Mm-hmm. But if you are pulling together several Mariners up against Tim Linsky, yeah. go for it. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that, too. Okay, on to second base. Brad, who are you looking at at second base? Uh, I w- want to have enough money for Jose Altuve. Yes. And he's up against Martin Perez. And, again, that's just a situation that doesn't get too much better than that. Uh, he's quite expensive, but not completely out of control. 5100 on DraftKings, and then uh, 4200 on FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, so I think either site you can squeeze them in if you're you know, using the right guys. Like if you're using Gary Sanchez as a punt and catcher, mm-hmm. uh, then you'll have room. Um, Robbie Cano, also very expensive. Also awesome matchup. Uh, Tim Linscombe, guy who just can't pitch to lefties. There's not too much more to say about that. It's a it's a prime situation. Yeah. Uh, also, like DJ Lemayhu up against uh, David Phelps. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, Lemayhu's just very solid. A different player than Altuve and Cano in terms of DFS production. You're hoping for those multiple hits, maybe a stolen base. If he hits a home run, it's kind of a fluke. But you know, good numbers and uh, well. A lot cheaper on FanDuel than DraftKings, so better play on FanDuel. Yeah, LeMahieu has kind of surprised people by turning into a pretty consistent producer. And not, you know, a stud, not not amazing, but every year, like, the batting average is there, the points are there, and you're kind of like, all right, yeah, I didn't, didn't realize that LeMahieu was that legit. So n- not a flashy player, but especially yeah. in Coors, I think that's totally an option. 
And then uh, there's there's still a lot of options at second base beyond that even. Uh, those are mostly the expensive guys. Uh, you got Matt Carpenter coming back at a reasonable price. Uh, Javi Baez is up against Dylan Overton, mm-hmm. uh, so the platoon advantage. Yeah, him getting a lefty is a big deal. I like that. Brian Dozier has a lefty, Blake Snell, who I, I, I like Snell a lot, but I think you know, certain twins will probably get to him at some point. Yeah. don't know there'll be Dozier himself, but somebody will do it, I think. Yeah, I think then, uh, the the twins have enough right-handed guys to make that a little bit worrisome. So, yeah. yeah. And then Jason Kipnis is batting really well. He's at Yankee Stadium. You know, mm-hmm. excellent place for lefty power. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Pinay is kind of all over the place in terms of expected results. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a good play, too. You mentioned Ryan Schimpf. Are you in on Ryan Schimpf yeah. both uh, on I Friday am. and in general? So I, I've been looking into him more, and what I've kind of come away with is he's... This is going to sound funny. He, he's sort of like a left-handed Jose Batista, but he's 5'9". So he's like a really small left-handed Jose Batista. Sure. Uh, his his hitting profile skews the fly balls like crazy, and that allows his pl- power to really play up. The result also is a very low bat pip, a low average in turn. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're 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 gonna have to deal with that. He he's pretty patient, just like Batista. Not quite that same plate discipline, but still willing to take you know 10% walk rate. Uh, you're, you're going to get a decent OBP, very low average, and a good chance for a home run. And as I mentioned, uh, Peco Park, tough on righties, not so much on lefties. Uh, they actually have a slightly above average home run rate there. And uh, Jeremy Hellickson's a little bit homer prone, too. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, he, 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 he struggles with lefties, too. That's a better point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Schimpf had such an awesome July and is still both, you know, by not a big name. I mean, people are starting to pay attention, but, you know, as a Padres guy and just not so much a star that uh, people can definitely take advantage of it a little bit. Um, the only name I had at second base I haven't mentioned that I think is kind of interesting is um, Daniel Murphy gets Jeff Samarja, and Jeff Samarja's had such uh, lefty-righty problems um, that uh, specifically having issues with left-handed batters like Murphy that I could see that being a pretty okay matchup for him. I mean, yeah, you might have to spend on him because they're having such a crazy year. But Samarja just can't handle lefties that well, and so there, there are a few of them that I like, including him. Any other second baseman for you? No, I think I got a little too deep into it, in fact. <laughs> there's plenty. Uh, we have a comment. Yeah, there's so many of them. We have a comment in the chat from our pal Yancey Eaton. Specifically, quote Yancey from Fort Myers. It says... Quote, he's a really small left-handed hitting Jose Bautista is the weirdest player comp I've ever heard. So there you go. You can put that on your mantle or your on your Twitter bio or something that you're making weird uh, player comps. And congrats to Ryan Schimp for that. And shout out to Yancey in the chat. Again, if you're listening, we have a live chat going on on Rotographs. So you can be a part of the show. Uh, so feel free to get in there, ask questions, or, or pipe up. Um, on to third base. Brad, who are you looking at at third base for Friday? Uh, Jake Lamb is jumping off the page for me, mm-hmm. uh, cheap on both sites, and just a good matchup, too. Uh, he's up against uh, Chase Anderson, who's homer-prone. Yes. And I, I misspoke a little bit. He's not cheap on DraftKings. He's 5000 there, but he's 2800 on FanDuel. Uh, kind of a must-play at that price. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it's just a matchup that I really like for him. I think he's a good shot for a home run. Uh, he was pretty slumpy for a while there, but he's homered in his last two games, so I'm not too worried about that anymore. Yeah. Chase Anderson has not allowed a home run in his last three starts. Still has an ERA over five on the air. 
I'm like trying to squint and be like, eh, Chase Anderson getting together, but it's uh, it's hard to be optimistic. So, no, I like Jake Lamb a lot. It's kind of crazy that he'd become such a reliable third base option most times out. So, uh, I could see that. Who else do you like at third base? Uh, Kyle Seeger, uh, part of this Seattle stack that I'm sure will be very popular today up against Linscombe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linscombe's got like an eight something ERA, and big part of it is just lefties destroy him. And it's, I don't see that stopping. The Mariners are a very homer-heavy lineup, and I think they'll you know send a couple out today. Uh, hopefully some runners on base, too. Yeah. Um, do, you, uh, do you feel like picking against Lincecum is popular just because he used to be such a big name that's so like noticeable, and now he is still a like noticeable name, but for being bad, you know? Or it's easy to be like, oh yeah, Tim Lincecum, that, like, I should pick yeah, against I him. The, I think the visibility definitely contributes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I expect the Mariner stack to be a lot more popular than the Brewer stack, per se, even though Brandon Shipley's probably roughly as bad as Tim Limscombe right now mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, expected results. And, obviously, the Mariner's lineup probably has more DFS octane, too, than the Brewer's, but not that much more. Not so much that they should be three or four times more owned, and that's what I expect today. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess to do with that information as you will, uh, the Mariner stack's still... Uh, Probably well worth using, even if you expect it to be popular, but uh, might not be the way to win a a, a big GPP. Yeah, uh, just because of that popularity. Yeah. Are you all in on Chris Bryant getting Dylan Overton? Why not, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are, yeah, if are, you can find the money for a Cubs stack against Overton, go ahead and do it. Yeah. The are only you, drawback is the Coliseum, and that's kind of a small drawback. Not too worried about it, but but I agree. Are you all in on Manny Machado getting Miguel Gonzalez? Yep, I like to use Machado. I tend to try to fit him in at shortstop where he's eligible on uh, DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fandle moves him around, uh, so let me check yeah. where he is. Today he is a third baseman. He's been a third baseman for a little bit now. And uh, how about Miguel Sano getting Blake Snell? Uh, I'm not as confident about Sano uh, Partially because the twins themselves are not confident in Sano. Yeah, you know they're they're talking about devoting him, and uh, I feel like those kind of things usually get into a player's head, and uh, especially like a, a Latino player who's you know, maybe not as comfortable with uh, being in America as comfortable with the language. And from what I've seen, he's you know he speaks through translators often, and mm-hmm. um, you know isn't as adapted as some players it's just there's a lot of things going on in their lives beyond baseball and you have to keep that in mind when you start throwing threats of demotion that can really affect a player's uh, confidence sure and so it's kind of an esoteric reason to be worried about him today but yeah it's uh he, he doesn't stand out to me as much as some other options for that reason I like Sano's talent, and I like Sano against the lefty, but I agree that on a day like this on Friday when you have so many options that any hesitation, no matter how you know esoteric you think it might be, it's enough to just cross them off and go with someone else because there are places to go, and you shouldn't have to pick people that you're not confident in. Uh, there's a lot of places, including at third base. Um, how about, uh, Chesler Cuthbert getting Francisco Liriano? Are you in on Chesler Cuthbert at all? Especially against a lefty? Sure. Yeah. I'll say sure. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, he's not an exciting he, he name. We're getting, 
We've we've he's, crossed uh, off Jake Lamb, Chris Bryant, Kyle Seeger, Manny Machado, getting down there a little more. Uh, you know the the cheaper guys, uh, but but not super sold on Chesler Cuthbert. No, and a big part of the reason is because I can reel off another ten names that I like more than him at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's Marvin Gonzalez up against Martin Perez. Mm-hmm. There's Michael Franco with a lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Valencia is getting a lefty, and it's John Lester, but Danny Valencia is a beast against left-handed pitching. Yes, he is. Yeah. There's uh, Younger versus Solarte against Hellickson. I like him, too. You know, there's so many guys today, and you know, Cuthbert's kind of a... Too boring. You're reaching, you're, you're looking for production out of someone who's not really expected to provide that much. Uh, and those kind of plays are generally how you win a big tournament. You know, you, you get a guy like him on a day when he hits a home run and you know, doubles and triples and puts together something that no one else could have ever expected. Yeah. Uh, my, my big tournament wins have all had you know, weird plays like that. Uh, the, the strangest was a Brad Miller double home run game. and on, Yeah. Like, that was a couple years ago, but it's... It happens. Yeah, you, you get those days where you know the guy who gives you the win is someone you don't expect. And so, yeah, sure, I, I think Cuthbert is someone you can you know, create a narrative around that maybe he is that guy. But there's, like I said, there's so many picks. Mm-hmm. I I agree. There's a lot. I got two more that are at least half interesting to, to mention for a second. Uh, are you thinking about Adrian Beltre getting Dallas Keuchel? Beltre getting a lefty? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take a look at Beltre against a lefty. And uh, Keuchel's been hit or miss. Yeah, it's been better. Still not great, but better. He he kind of had a, a good streak going on in the last time out, allowed seven runs. But before that, had done a bunch of quality starts in a row. So I'm not all in on Keuchel again, but I'm at least considering him because there were times earlier this season I was all the way out, and now I'm dipping my toe back in. That said, Beltre can handle lefty. And then my last interesting name, Martin Prado, going to Coors Field and getting a lefty. He's hit lefties well. He's hit well all year. Are you thinking about Martin Prado getting Jorge De La Rosa? Yeah, I have no problems with going to Coors with a high average guy. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you, you tend to look for power hitters at Coors, but I, I like guys like Prado who are just going to, they're going to put their bats on everything. Everything's going to be in play, and that field's so large. Mm-hmm. it's It really helps players like him. Uh, yeah. Angel Pagan is a, another guy I really like at Coors uh, who just kind of doesn't really stand out, doesn't have power, but goes three for four every time he's at Coors. Yeah. It's not going to surprise me if Prado has a pretty good game, especially getting a lefty there. So figured a lot of options at third base, but but he deserved a mention. Um, okay, on the shortstop, not as uh, as huge, at least for me. Uh, were you swamped with options at shortstop? Uh, can't say I was. Okay. Uh, I, I, I like a few guys. Uh, so the one that kind of requires a little bit of explanation, uh, we talked about uh, Danny Valencia against John Lester. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like Marcus Semien, and mm-hmm. for a slightly different reason. Okay. Uh, he, he does have good numbers against lefties. Uh, I, I took a closer look at them. Uh, at this point in the season, we have enough peripherals to kind of get a sense if you know, how much of it's luck and skill. It, it, he He's a little bit better against lefties, but not as much as his surface-level numbers suggest. Uh, so, you know, don't expect, like, a 300 average, which is, I think, roughly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect a, a lower average, uh, kind of normal power for him, and then a higher OBP than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the main thing I like about he's a little bit better against lefties. He has a little more power. 
Uh, Lester's worse against righties. Uh, allows basically a league average batting line to righties. And then there's the stolen bases. And yeah. Semyon will run if he gets on base. He's It's just an automatic steal. Uh, so you hope he gets on base, single, walk, whatever, and then he can take a bag. And uh, yeah, that's the main reason I like him. Yeah, and John Lester was all before this year allowing a million uh, million base runners, or base stealers specifically, excuse me. Um, and and then earlier this year was not doing that. People weren't running on him. There's theories of whether it's David Ross. You know, he was he was back checking guys at first base. People weren't running. And then recently that's changed, and they're running on him again. So not sure exactly what's going on, but he, it's clear that you can steal on him, of course. And uh, if Semyon's yep. aggressive, could see him going. So I like that. I like the base stealers against him, especially guys that can actually get on base against him, against a lefty. So I'm in there. Who else do you like at shortstop? Uh, going a little higher up the list, uh, like Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Pineda matchup at Yankee Stadium. Uh, he's got enough power to take advantage of that. And you know, he, he also has you know, the high contact rates, uh, so counteracts Pineda's strengths a little bit uh, mm-hmm. with the strikeouts. If you're thinking about Indians, I, ha- I think you have to include Lindor oh, yeah. for that reason. He's just the most likely to make contact. Absolutely. How about uh, Xander Bogarts getting a lefty and Scott Casimir? Yeah, I like that one too. And the Boston stack will kind of fly under the radar a little bit today because you know, there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're you know, one of the top offenses and... They got tons of really good hitters, so if you you're willing to go a little cheap on the pitching, you can get a top lineup in play when it's not the most popular. Yep, I only had two other names at shortstop myself, and one of them I'm kind of cheating on. I wrote down Jonathan VR, who's now playing third base, but uh, was a shortstop through most of the year, and he gets Braden Shipley. Um, whether he's at third base or shortstop, you're totally fine with VR, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's become a, a reliable guy, mostly on speed than, instead of power, but he's a switch hitter and he's going to be fine. Braden Shipley might have a future, but he's not great now. And uh, he also, in the Arizona bullpen, something special, some part of that. Um, my last name, Elvis Andrews gets a lefty in Dallas Keuchel, and Elvis Andrews is not an exciting player at all, but uh, has been hitting lefties really well this year. But uh, So what are you thinking here, batted ball-wise, from ground ball control pitcher Dallas Keuchel facing you know, ground ball speedster guy Elvis Andrews? Does that make you concerned that the contact might be just plain too weak? Yeah, that's definitely possible. I worry about grounder-on-grounder guys. A little less when it's you know, a, a speed-type play. Usually I'm looking at those ground ball-fly ball splits. It's uh, looking for home run potential. And in this case, um, you know, Andrus is just trying to find holes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could sneak a few through the infield, uh, have multiple hits that way. Yeah, it, it is not exciting at all. It's hard. I mean, I remember when we all knew Elvis Andrus was way too high of a draft pick because people were chasing his 30 bases or whatever. Uh, but this year, he's actually doing pretty well. His OPS against lefties is 937. And, yeah, that's all BABIP-driven. Of course it is. 394 BABIP against lefties. I know. But that's, uh, that's a platoon advantage. He has a looks like a career high in OPS in general. Not an exciting player, um, but but against a lefty, I'm at least thinking about it for sure. So, um, but yeah, that's my shortstop. Did you have more options at shortstop than I did, hopefully? Yeah, there's a few more. Uh, Diddy Gregorius, uh, Josh Tomlin matchup, mm-hmm. home runs, lefty. Lefties at Yankee Stadium. 
Uh, I think the narrative speaks for itself. And he's hitting more for more power this year, too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, 10 home runs against right-handed pitching. So that, that one's a nice little cheap play, cheap on both sides. Uh, Addison Russell's a solid play against Dylan Overton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell has his occasional big games, uh, tends to have lumpy performances, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, so maybe you get one of those good days from him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, either Astros shortstop, uh, Carlos Correa, or Alex Bregman. Uh, Bregman hasn't really done anything yet, but nope. facing a triple-A quality lefty, I think, is uh, a good matchup to try him. Yeah, he has, like, two hits, but I totally believe in him. He's going to be just fine. Uh, he gets Martin Perez. He has the platoon advantage. I, I'm still sticking with him. I, mean, I think some people are ready to shy away in DFS because he hasn't done much yet. And I'm like, he's going to be fine. You want you want to be in on that first big day he has. You don't want to be oh, yeah. chasing it afterwards and then trying to get him the next day. Uh, so... I think Bregman's just fine. Um, okay, and then on to the outfield. As usual, I'm sure tons of places to go, especially in a big slate like this. But what are the highlights for you, Brad? Where, where do you think you're actually going to build a build a team in the outfield? So you got that uh, core stack. Uh, either the Rockies or the, the Marlins both have good outfielders to pick from. Uh, David Dahl's remained pretty affordable on both sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go with Charlie Blackman. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez is probably out again, it seems like. And then the, the big bats for the Marlins, especially John Carlos Stanton. Yeah. If you can fit these guys in your lineup, do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an excellent scenario for them. Him and uh, Ozuna, like, who's hit lefties so well, too. I'm, I'm yes. in on both of them for sure getting Jorge Ozuna, Rosa. you can even you can even put Yelich in there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not about concerned it. about the lefty on lefty with that. Uh, so, <laughs> anyone from that Coors game, if you have the money for it, go ahead and do it. Uh, if you need more affordable options, I like the Mariners, uh, especially Seth Smith and Nelson Cruz. Okay. I like the Padres, especially Alex Dickerson, uh, but also Travis Jankowski if you're thinking about multiple steals. Phillies uh, allow base runners. Jankowski is kind of a weird one for DFS use, but uh, if you're thinking about a Padres stack, and I am, uh, then... He could be a good part of that. Yeah, Matt and I are on board with Travis Jankowski. He's keeping a head-to-head team of mine alive in the stolen base category, kind of by himself. Where I, you know, it's my last outfielder, yeah. but he just keeps stealing bases. You know, all right, sure. Uh, like, he's he's a poor man's Billy Hamilton, kind of, but uh-huh. also better than Billy Hamilton. <laughs> oh, so. He's hitting like 240, like something real low, but he's on base in like 350, 360, which is not right. amazing, exactly. but like. Certainly good enough, you know? Yeah, it's getting on base, and I feel like those teams that don't hit as well uh, will be more aggressive running. They're going to let them run. They, you know, they need to get in scoring position. They're, they're not manufacturing right. runs uh, by slugging. So he's running wild, and all you care about is that he's attempting. So, yeah, uh, I, I like Jankowski. He's not, not a DFS stud, but at least uh, interesting, and most people are not in there. So, yeah, uh, I like that just fine. Um, who else are you looking at in the outfield? There's George Springer. I love him against lefties. Mm-hmm. Love him in general. And he tends to have a reasonable price tag for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, always a high ceiling guy. Uh, also a low floor. Uh, so take it as you will. Uh, there, there's a couple of different outcomes with him. And uh, one of them is you know, a team carrying build. Uh, also like Jose Batista and Bryce Harper of the... You know, big names that are out there and kind of just floating around by themselves. He says Dylan G in Kansas City, which isn't the best matchup, uh, just because the stadium's a little larger. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, Harper's up against Samarja, who has trouble with lefties. Yes, he does. Yeah. Do you like uh, Ian Desmond getting Dallas Keuchel, lefty masher there? Yeah, like Ian Desmond. Uh, Ryan Rue is another one from that Texas lineup who hits well against lefties. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that. And then also lefty masher, Lorenzo Cain getting Francisco Lariano. Now the Blue Jays will be in Kansas City. Lorenzo Cain has just been mean to lefties this year. It uh, should be just fine. You're not worried about Francisco Liriano, right? No, no, I'm not too concerned. I am interested to see him pitch to uh, Russell Martin again. Yeah. As kind of the Blue Jays' pet theory when they acquired him, they said, Russell Martin will fix him. I can see uh, that. We'll, we'll see just how, how right they are about that. Yeah. Um, I just had a few other names. Hunter Pence gets a lefty, and Gio Gonzalez should be fine. Hunter Pence has been limited by injuries, but he's been hitting when he's been in, so... I'm not worried about that. Him betting, you know, with uh, Buster Posey getting Geo, who struggled. Uh, Hyunsoo Kim has kind of become one of my favorite uh, uh, Baltimore outfielders also. He's, he hits right, he's fine. He goes to the cell and he gets Miguel Gonzalez. Should be just fine, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a solid play. He's a little grounder heavy, if memory serves, which uh, can actually match up well against Gonzalez, who's a bit fly ball prone, but probably not enough to really make it a green light option. Um, and then my last couple names I had in the outfield. Dexter Fowler gets Dylan Overton. Uh, he's a switch hitter, but he's hit lefties real well. It's a bad lefty. It's not a great bullpen. Again, Cubs stack all day uh, if you can afford it. And it's the Coliseum, but whatever. Uh, getting the leadoff guy there, if they explode for a bunch of runs, Fowler could be a big part of it. Um, and on the flip side, are you thinking about Chris with a K Davis getting John Lester? Yes, I was going to mention him. Uh, he's a guy who is always a multi-homer threat. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, Lester is kind of just normal pitcher against righties. So yeah. you know, Davis has the power to do some damage, uh, possibly two home runs even. Yep. Uh, the downside, it's it's not too hard to imagine. Lester has seven solid innings, then Hector Rondon comes in, then Carlos Chapman comes in, mm-hmm. and the game's over. That's true. No one's done anything. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a boomer bust stack. If you try and take some A's, I could see things happening, but I could also just see that getting busted also. Any other outfielders for you? Who else do you got? Aaron Althair has Christian Friedrich. He's hitting well since his return. Uh, mm-hmm. Better than I expected, even. And uh, has a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. Yeah, Aaron Althair is kind of an interesting guy, uh, for sure. And a lot of the platoon advantage there. Anybody else for you? Obviously, there's other options out there, but I think we covered the the big ones. The favorites. And, uh, some, some of the good bargains, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we can move on. All right, let's try and figure out these pitchers because, like you said, there's there's aces, of course, and then there's uh there's more mid-level ones, which are kind of weird in a big slate like this. So your aces, uh, Noah Syndergaard gets the Tigers. Any you know hesitations there? Yes, actually. Okay. Uh, so since the Bone Spurs have kind of been talked about in the media, mm-hmm. uh, he's got one outing of seven innings. Yeah, and uh, that gets the Cubs. So he's got three outings of like seven that have been under six innings. Yeah. So there's issues with his longevity in the outings. The bets are also kind of starting to trail off in the playoff race. They're one back of the second wild card, but two teams are sharing that spot right now. So they're seventh in the NL. Yeah. Uh, I. I don't think the Mets are at the point where they're going to start backing off on Syndergaard. They're going to probably try to get the most they can out of him to help him get back in the race. But at, at some point, they'll probably recognize that they are you know need to protect their asset for the future more than 
go throw him seven, eight innings at yeah. the start. Uh, so my concern basically is that he won't throw very long in the outing. I could see that. I could see that for sure. How about uh, the other part on the other side is Justin Verlander getting the Mets. I mean, he has to go against Syndergaard, but do you like that matchup for him? That, that's my top pick for today mm-hmm. uh, in terms of raw talent. Uh, there's price issues to be aware of, especially on DraftKings where he's 13600 I mm-hmm. don't think you can roster that really. It's he, he's not that good. That's a Clayton Kershaw price, and Verlander's yeah. good, but he's not that good. He's yeah. ninety nine hundred on Fanduel, and I think that's perfect. That's exactly where he should be priced. Yeah, I, I agree. He's been good, not not amazing, but but definitely good. Um, running down, uh, I know we picked some guys against them, but you still trust John Lester going to Oakland? Yeah, and I like that he's against Dylan Overton, especially on Fanduel. That should be an automatic win. That's twelve points right there. Uh, you get seven innings out of him, seven strikeouts. Even if he allows four runs, you still got a good point total out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if I'm looking like for aces going down the list, uh, it's fun to say it this early. Stephen Wright is up there. He gets the Dodgers. Are you still all in on Stephen Wright? I mean, it's a knuckleballer. There's question marks, but he's 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 good. Are you thinking about him against the Dodgers, getting an NL team? Yeah, I, I'm thinking about him. The concern I have, uh, especially lately, he doesn't seem to have as good a feel. Uh, he's got one really good outing and then a bunch of pretty bad outings, and so I, like I mentioned, I'm a little worried he maybe doesn't have a good feel for a knuckleball right now, mm-hmm. and it's, it's such a touchy pitch. Uh, if it's, you know, he's not getting the most out of it, he can really get hammered. Yeah, if it goes bad, it can go really <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, we mentioned Josh Tomlin going to Yankee Stadium. Will he allow a home run? Probably. Uh, but his ERA is three four three, and you could see getting a lot of run support against Michael Pineda. Would you consider Tomlin, the control artist, going there? I consider it. It's one that scares the crap out of me. Yeah. I consider it. Yeah. Uh, where are you looking at? I, I tried to clear out the obvious ones off the top of the <laughs> list. Um, but, but who do you like on the pitching side? So for GPPs, I don't mind Pineda either. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about the, the high ceiling, the low floor. Uh, if you're, especially on FanDuel, one-pitcher format, you're playing the FanDuel squeeze with a billion people in it. Pineda could put together a 60-point outing and mm-hmm. you know, help carry you to victory. Uh, yeah. It can also give you an 8-point outing and completely crash your team. Yeah. So, Which are the perfect guys. It's the perfect guys for GPP because there's, no yeah. there's no point in getting an okay outing and finishing middle of the pack. Right. So why? You know, that's the Irvin Santana going to Tampa Bay pick where you're like, could he be fine? Sure. But like, why? Would At least in GPP, at least, you know. Uh, so no, I, I fully, I'm fully behind the crazy risky picks like that, uh, depending on your DF, DFS format. So yeah, I think Pineda is at least worth looking at for sure. I think either side of Anthony DeSclafani or Jameson Tyon could mm-hmm. be okay today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that PNC Park, good place for pitchers, and they both sometimes pitch deep into the game. Uh, the Pirates are kind of managing innings, so probably six innings on their end. Uh, DeSclafani might have a little more running room to go deeper into the outing. He's uh, so. quietly put up a two nine three ERA. It's only 10 yeah. starts, but he's been pretty fine. Uh, 52 walks to 13, pardon me, 52 strikeouts to 13 walks. Uh, keeping keeping the control in check and yeah, basically funny. I trust him at Pittsburgh for sure. Uh, and you know, Tyon's plenty talented and should do fine with the Reds. So yeah, I, I agree. I like both sides of that. Totally an option. Felix Hernandez's price on 
DraftKings is 8,400. That definitely interests me. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't he, he was bad before the injury. He hasn't really had a good outing since then. But you could definitely see him having a good outing. And if you, you know, catch a vintage Hernandez day at 8,400, you're feeling pretty good about yourself and about your chances. Yeah. Uh, so that's one that I like. Uh, it's up against Tim Linscombe, so again, the, the wind should be in the bag. Not as big a deal on uh, DraftKings, but could also get a complete game, which is a, a useful bonus. Yeah, especially because he gets so many righties in the Angels. You know, I think he could be fine. I'm a little concerned the Angels don't strike out enough, and his strikeouts are down, but... Yeah. Now that they're not putting Felix Hernandez ace prices on him, you know, then you're like, okay, like they're they're moderate prices, they're reasonable. Because there were a while, there was a while there where the the price was attached to the name and you couldn't really go near it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's he's definitely an option for sure. And the, the last name that I'm really keying in on, uh, mostly just because he can go deep into an outing, is Urban Santana. I think mm-hmm. uh, two complete games in his last five starts, or maybe six starts, uh, but. The, the Twins are letting him go complete games. That's the, the moral of the story, basically. Uh, good play on DraftKings, uh, where you need uh, a second cheaper pitcher, usually. Mm-hmm. And he's 8200 which is quite affordable. The Rays are you know, not a terribly scary lineup these days. So. Not that Pierce or Geyer were really big righty slayers, but they're still part of that offense. And now you know, they're that much weaker. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they that's keep... a team I think they can beat. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned him not because I thought he was a bad pick, just because he doesn't have the strikeouts to have the upside, but him going right. deep is definitely a big deal. Um, in terms of the Rays, they keep batting Brad Miller cleanup. And if Brad Miller's their cleanup against righties, and Brad Miller's fine, but if that's your number four hitter, then yeah, that's a fine matchup for Irvin Santana completely. I think that's an option. Um, are you thinking about Blake Snell on the other side, or are there just too many troublesome twins for you? Uh, it, the Twins are just hitting so well right now. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit worried about the hot hand. Um, usually I try to ignore that, but right now, like I said, I'm a little bit worried. Uh, I, I would give Snell some consideration. Uh, same kind of caveats as uh, Tyone. Uh, you have a guy with probably you know, five to six innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, not likely to throw too much more than that. Kind of a, a bummer. <laughs> I'm gonna. I know you picked a bunch of Padres, but Matt and I both went with Jeremy Hellickson as our field of yeah. streams picks. He's going to San Diego. He's been just fine lately. He has a 3.70 ERA on the year, 1.15 WHIP. The controls in check for sure. Uh, not a huge upside, but and, and like you said, the Padres hit righties a little better than they did. You know, once they they traded Camp and they traded Melvin. Uh, but I think Hellickson, not. Not a crazy DFS option because again the the ceiling isn't as high. But in terms of just a streaming a pitcher, if you're in head to head or whatever, I think that's a totally fine start for him, and that's why Matt and I are both taking him there. Um, the only other name on the list that that actually is pretty interesting to me. How about a uh, Jaime Garcia at home against the Braves? The Braves are not only kind of punchless, but they don't really hit lefties. And Jaime Garcia's ERA is all the way up to four three zero. I realize that not a huge strikeout guy, but I gotta trust him against a team like the the Braves. So he's not exciting, but is that a matchup that's okay with you? Yeah, uh, for the daily grind, my write up was basically that uh, you know, he hasn't been very good since that day. He was overshadowed by uh, Vincent Velasquez. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an amazing outing that day. Not so much since then. The Braves are a team to give him a, a second go at that. Yeah, uh, he can have a big night. The, the strikeouts are there, the ceiling's not there, but I think the floor is pretty high. There's just, there's, the, the guys on the Braves that are gonna hit lefties are like Tyler Flowers and Jeff Francoeur. 
You know, like that's their big right-handed bats. So I think Jaime Garcia could be just fine. Not exciting, but but usable. Uh, not not your GPPs as much, like I said, but usable. Uh, is there any other pitchers for you? Is that that pretty much the interesting options for you on Friday? Yeah, I think we've run through them all. Yeah, those are the places you might want to go. Let's take a quick peek at the weekend. Also on Saturday, um, Homer Bailey back again. Is, is you know yep. he's looked okay since he came back. I'm interested and. In, he gets the the Pirates. He had one start. It was the Padres. He did fine. He's going to Pittsburgh um, against new Pirate Devon Nova, uh, and so I'm I'm taking him. And he he's less than fifty percent owned in Yahoo leagues, and I think he at least needs to be scooped up. Not that I think he's going to be an immediate stud, but worth looking at. I'm taking him there. Matt is taking Jose Barrios going to Tampa Bay, and their cleanup hitter uh, uh, Brad Miller. Um, and I'm interested in Barrios now that he's back, but um. Who's sticking out to you here on Saturday slate? Anything on the schedule, either DFS-wise or just in general in baseball, that you're interested in seeing? I won't actually be up to see most of it, but Tyler Skaggs versus Tyron Walker is one that uh, definitely interests me. I would love to watch that one unfold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Skaggs has pitched quite well since returning. I think 12.1 shutout innings. And then uh, Walker's a good pitcher, too, and he's returning from the disabled list. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. They're, they're both really interesting. When we talk about how hopeless the Angels are, and they do feel kind of hopeless, um, the bright spot is they do have a lot of young, talented pitching that's all hurt. And you're like, if yeah. they come back and they're okay, like there's, you know, if Skaggs is fine out of his Tommy John, great. You know, and then you have Heaney, you have, you know, Richards, you have Tropiano, like... There's a lot of ifs and question marks when they're all that hurt. But, like, there's talent. It's just all on the shelf. So, I don't know. Uh, Skaggs is at least back in pitching. A lot of those are recent Tommy Johns, too, and that's a real bummer because they'll be out for a 2017 season. Yeah. Yeah, when I say hope, I'm not saying this year or next year. It's more just... Yeah, Richards hasn't gone under a knife yet. He's trying to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, it's still kind of up in the air if he will, but... He, he could be a third one going under a knife. Uh, so, yeah. Gags is back. They've lost at least two, if not three, of their other good young pitchers. So yeah. They don't really have anyone beyond that. Yeah. So, but, I mean, if we're talking 2018, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, the farm's empty and this and that, I'm like, there are good young pitchers. It's just they're all hurt, and who knows what they'll do when they get back. But, anyway, Skaggs is one of those that I'm interested in. Um, also, the Phillies are starting Jake Thompson. is a good prospect of theirs. Yeah. He's coming up and gets a good landing spot in San Diego. I don't know that I'm all in to like rush out and get him, uh, but I'm at least interested. Could be an interesting guy there, for sure. Um, and then how about on Sunday? Anything stick out to you on Sunday? Uh, looking through Sunday right now. Chantified. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe, Joe Musgrove versus Hugh Darvish. Yeah. That's what I want to see. <laughs> you want to see Musgrove coming up. Uh, you know, He's pitching for the Astros and should be interesting. I think he's taken a Lance McCullers spot. But look good out of the uh, bullpen so far. Another one of those Astros uh, prospects guys that, that could be just fine. As for yeah, streamers, a control pitcher. Yeah, as for streamers, I have uh, Matt Shoemaker getting Seattle. He's forty nine percent. That's still way too low. I don't know how he's so low. Uh, John Gray, I don't want him because he's in cores. He's at fifty one percent, so he's not eligible anymore. He's just popped over. Um, Brandon McCarthy is at forty five. That's too low, but he gets Boston. Matt is taking Jared Eikhoff going to San Diego. Um, a little bit easier of a landing spot for lefties now, uh, and I'm interested in that. We're streaming in San Diego this weekend. Should be fine. 
but yeah, uh, Joe Musgrove is is kind of interesting there. Um, so I like Matt Shoemaker. That's my pick. He's also opposite James Paxton. Uh, James Paxton yeah. also interesting. A uh, guy that can certainly has has shown some some pretty good uh, ceiling and performance so far. Uh, that'll be interesting. And Dan Straley is going to Pittsburgh, and I'm not that scared of that either. He keeps racking up strikeouts and being pretty okay. The Reds' rotation is not nearly as bad as their bullpen. You know, it's not great, but the, it's, it, there's there's some some interesting spots there. They, as soon as I got rid of Alfredo Simon, it got a lot better. <laughs> yeah, also that that's true. All right, well, that should about wrap it up for us for Friday and for the weekend. Uh, Brad, you got uh, anything else going on in baseball or going away from baseball this weekend? No, got a game on Saturday, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Well, uh, Brad is on Twitter, at BaseballAteam, writing about DFS all the time and about Dynasty stuff. Also, do you start to, especially as we get late in the season, you start shifting to that a little bit more as well? Yeah, def- definitely pay more attention to it. The... Mm-hmm. A lot of the DFS stuff I do, it becomes by rote by this time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have the same things to say about the same players very frequently. Sure. It's like, this guy's really good at hitting lefties. This guy's really good at hitting righties. Sure. This guy hits this type bet well. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I get excited when I have something like uh, Sebian to talk about, uh, where it's like you have the, the modest power uptick with the lefty involved. Uh, and then you also have the, the stolen base side. It's like, hey, multiple things to talk about that are kind of unique. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, for sure, yeah, the DFS stuff, we've kind of figured out what guys are this year. And it's not it's not boring, but it's hard to uncover new things. But um, you're feeling yeah. that way about uh, about Dynasty stuff, though? At least it's a little more fresh, especially post-trade. Yeah, yeah, the Dynasty stuff, there's always a lot more to talk about. You know, player valuations can change quite frequently and there's so many ways to evaluate guys too mm-hmm. uh, you know, i try to pull in as much scouting information as i can for what's available try to you know talk to whoever i can to you know get some information that isn't available and then uh, uh there's just a dozen ways to evaluate stats too yep and then who knows what happens in a month with september call-ups and who yep. shows up and what we get to see so yeah, follow Brad on Twitter at baseball team. I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. Uh, love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening. Join us for our, our live Friday show. Uh, glad, glad to to continue doing this every week. Um, it's kind of a fun, weird thing trying this year, and it's been good. Um, that should do it for us. Uh, for Brad, I'm Dylan. Have a good weekend. I'll be back on Monday with Matt uh, for another week of DFS stuff, and we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.